Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, can I help you find something? Librarians specialize in helping you find what you were looking for. And sometimes what you didn't know you were looking for. Thank you for joining me as I talk to my guests about all things library, including the books inside them. I'm Julie Chavez, and this is Ask a Librarian. Kristen Tubb is an author of books for middle grade readers, but of course, what really sets her apart is her status as our first repeat guest on Ask a Librarian, which I assume will catapult her to unimaginable fame. Here's what makes Kristen tick. Books, chocolate, coffee, the great outdoors, friends, family, and writing tips and tricks. She shares six-second writing tips on her website that are great for all writers. Here's what makes Kristen ticked off. Banned books and daylight savings time change. Her sleep is not to be toyed with. But other than that, she's pretty much an eternal optimist. You can read all about her at kristentub.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-T-U-B-B.com. Here is my second conversation with Kristen. Well, hello, Miss Kristen Tubb. Hello, Miss Julie Chavez. How are you? I am well. How are you? I am excellent. Thank you. Good. I am so excited to talk to you today because you are officially the first and only repeat guest on Ask, Ask a Librarian. That's fantastic. Well, yes. I am delighted to have that honor. Thank you. <laughs> I will create some sort of badge or a t-shirt or something because I I mean I think you're really gonna want to wear that everywhere. I do. And I will. I will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad we agree on that. Because priority wise, I mean I know you've written a bunch of books. You don't ask the librarian twice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I want you to lead with that from here on out. Yeah. <laughs> that and well, I'm a colonel in Kentucky. So there's that as well. What? Are you? Really? I am. The state of Kentucky has made me a colonel, which is like a really, it's a super high honor. Their library association did that a How few did years ago. And so yes, when my, when my family gets out of line, I like to remind them that I am Colonel Tubb <laughs> and that they should salute me. <laughs> they don't do it though. I was they just going to ask, does that work? Because no. if so, I'm going to write to Kentucky stat. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Right? I did yeah. not know that about you. How did that come about? Did they just give you a ring? I did a presentation for them at their annual library association. Okay. And at the end, they kind of, you know, do this big presentation. I have this huge certificate that says you've been included in the colonelhood wow. of, this, of the state of Kentucky. Although Kentucky is not a state, it is a, like Louisiana. I'm missing the word. Oh, I am blanking on it too, I know, but I know too. what you're Sorry, saying. Kentucky. <laughs> Sorry, Kentucky. Yeah. Oh, geography is not our strong suit. It's okay. Right? Yeah. Yes. I'll think of it at okay. some point. Give we'll, Kentucky another shout out, but we'll I loop. Big, big love to Kentucky. <laughs> we'll loop back around on that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, Colonel Tubb, I'm excited <laughs> to speak to you today. <laughs> but what I want to start with, so today you're here. Last time we talked about the story collector and the story seeker. Yes. Which, you know, I loved those books. I put them in the hands of kids all the time at my library. So oh, I'm, I'm still such a fan of those. However, I have to say, I loved your new book, which is oh The Decomposition of Jack. Yes. Oh, thank you. I, I am so I'm beaming. Continue. I am beaming. Like I just can't stop smiling. Thank you for saying that because it is, it is so scary to release something so completely different from anything else I've ever written. And that's what this book is. And so, um, kind of, you know, as I'm polishing it up and turning it in and working on it with my editor, I'm like, I hope this finds readers that will love it because it's so different than anything else I've written. So thank you. Thank you. It is very different. And this book was so good. I wanted to, when I finished, I highlighted a bunch of the pieces. And when I finished, I just held it to my chest and I just thought, oh my gosh, this book is going to really comfort people. It is a comforting, beautiful book and it's funny. And I mean, it's just it's really excellent. I can't wait to give it to the kids at my library. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Well, I am just honored and delighted and thrilled to hear all of that. Thank you. And thank you for sharing stories with young readers. That is, oh. it's, it's such an amazing, wonderful job that you have. And every time it we is. talk about it, I, I just am like, it makes me smile all over again. It's such a wonderful career. So thank you for that. Wow. Thank you. I'm glad that you're producing books for me to put in their little yeah, hands, in yeah. their sticky little hands. Like, go clean those. <laughs> go wash your hands and then come back for this book. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm just so nice that way. Yeah. Well, that's got to happen too. That's, that's true. It's true. So let's start though, because this is a book about, and we'll get into a little bit more about what it's about, but I want to ask you because we talk about Jack and he obviously lives in a family where his parents are roadkill researchers. Yes. And so if not, if you could be roadkill, I mean, in this scenario, I don't want you to have that be the end, but (laughs) if you could be any animal, what would you be? Oh gosh. My pug Myrtle. (laughs) (laughs) She's spoiled rotten. I was going to say, does Myrtle have a good life? Yeah. We tell her all the time, like, you're our best friend. You're great. Thank you for coming into our family. And let me remind you, if if you listen to the first interview, I have four other pets. So God bless those four other pets and how patient they are with how much we fawn over Myrtle. But yeah, that's one answer. That's definitely one answer. (laughs) I love it. But like wildlife, I think I would probably be like a red fox or something like that. Something mysterious that doesn't pose much of a threat to humans really, but just is is like just a beautiful addition to nature. Mm. So yeah, something like that. Good answer. I like it. Okay. It's good to have a domestic and wild choice. I didn't even think of that. So way to give some extra dimension there. Yeah. Can I ask you the same question? What you, what would you be? Gosh, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that because I, I hadn't even thought about it. But you know what? Honestly, I will say reading this book, I kind of thought being a big cat would be awesome. Yeah. Like, like a mountain lion, yep, mountain lion or, yeah, or yeah. a puma. They're just so graceful. And you did a really good job of describing that. So before we get too far, okay. So we'll say puma for now. 
I'll, yes, I'll yes. say puma, although I also think elephant because I think elephants are so <sighs> cool. They're beautiful, aren't they? Yes. And sensitive and thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Elephant's a great answer. I like that. Yeah. Okay, good. We'll stick with that. Let's make that my number one. <laughs> we'll just edit the rest out. It'll be fine. Okay, so let's start. Give me your, when someone says, what is the decomposition of Jack about? What do you say? Oh, gosh. I say this story is about Jack Acosta who has parents who are going through life changes. His parents are getting a divorce and his parents not only, uh, you know, were partners in life, but were partners in business Mm -hmm. and they were roadkill researchers together. And with dad now moving out of the house, Jack feels the responsibility of kind of taking on the role of mom's business partner as well because he realizes that that's what puts, you know, food on the table and a roof over his head. He knows that this is how their money um, is made, mm-hmm. is through her grant research and her scientific research. So Jack assists his mother in collecting roadkill and researching it in that they note how it decomposes, what stage of decomposition it's in, what affects that stage of decomposition, whether it's weather or, you know, soil where it is in the soil or, you know, bugs and insects, that kind of thing. So he really becomes kind of a citizen scientist, so to speak. And, but he's not willing in this role. (laughs) He really does it because he feels like he's supposed to, and not because he loves it. And I think that speaks to a lot of middle schoolers. I think the idea of doing things because your parent expects you to do them or it makes them happy when you do them, not even necessarily that they expect you to do it, but it makes them so happy yes. that you continue doing it, even though you don't like it. Mm-hmm. So that was something that was very important to me to kind of portray this idea of, of doing something that makes your parents happy. And how how do you do, deal with that as you get more further and further into it? Yes. Yeah. I didn't... We had talked about Jack and the roadkill aspect of it. And I will say this book is packed with gross facts. So (laughs) if you know a kid that likes gross things, then this is the book for them. And even, I mean, not overly gross, but like we have a whole series in the library called You Wouldn't Want To, and they're all, you wouldn't want to live without antibiotics. You wouldn't want to live without clean water. You wouldn't want to be- I have to to check this series out. That's, I love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't want to be a Roman soldier. I mean, they're all- it's it, it's pretty impressive, but I always tell the kids, if you like gross facts, then do that because you're going to learn a lot about you know what would happen if your toe were gangrenous in the yeah. 16th century. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But I loved. Okay, so we'll get you some of those. That will be priority one. You're going to yes. need that set. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I will. Yeah. Yes. I'm ready. I'm ready to be grossed out always. I love it. But more than that, I mean, I joke about the the gross facts of it. But honestly, this book for me really is about endings and beginnings. Right. Right. And I was so moved by it because you did such a good job talking about weaving in the cycle that goes for these animals and these carcasses that are, you know, the putrefaction and all of these different stages that are happening, but you really did a good job of lining it up with the way that we accommodate and deal with change in our own lives. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. That that's it. That was definitely intentional from the get-go for sure for this story. Was the idea that there's never really endings. And that's mm-hmm. a really big topic to kind of take on. Yes. Yes. For any story. But yeah, just this idea of that how we how endings and beginnings are so closely tied together. Yes. And really, I mean, it's such it's such a beautiful thing to be able to discuss that in a story in particular, because stories, I think, reflect that. I think stories reflect that beginnings and endings mirror each other. And so, yeah, I think that that's, it's a really intentional choice. So thank you for noticing that. Yeah, absolutely. I just thought it was lovely. And you're right about the stories because someone I had spoken to when we talked about books and stories, they said the book ends, but the story goes on. So this idea that that is mirrored there is very accurate. So I love that sentiment to it. That's yeah, I love that. And and young readers will often say like, "What happens next?" Yes, and I love that because it really has their imagination going. And I always am like, "Well, what do you think happens next? Whatever you think happens next is what happens next with the story that you read." Yes. Yeah. Well, for that reason, I love fan fiction too. Which is like such a cool thing for me that I get to point that out to the kids. I'm like, you can build on what something else, what someone else has written. Yeah. And, you know, not in a plagiarizing way, pretty please everybody, but. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But But just that idea of generating ideas. I love that. Yeah. I liked that you called that Jack calls death or what comes after death, the big after. Yeah. Yeah. Is that something you came up with for him or is that some a term you use? Uh no, I came that I, I came up with that for him. Yes. Mm-hmm. And honestly, in the beginning that was not a very big part of the book, the big after. Okay. That only kind of came after really thinking about like you said, what is this book truly about? And if it's about beginnings and endings, the ending is what's scary of those two, right? Yes. Like the beginning, yes. we all know what the beginning looks like we're living <laughs> yes. it. Um, we live it every every moment, every day, every every time the sun comes up. Yes. But that ending is so scary and so questionable. And so the idea of it being after for Jack, I think was very organic for him to kind of, you know, he sees death all day, every day, really. Yes. And so to have him have this idea, he would think about it a lot. He would think about like, what does the after look like? So yeah, that was definitely something that for his character made sense for me. Yeah, the big after. You did a great job with his dialogue too. And just the way he talks and the way he thinks is so perfect and true to his age because (laughs) it's definitely tied into roadkill too. Yes. Decomposition. Yeah. I mean, it's, Yeah. He doesn't talk about sweating. He talks about leaking and like, it's just, when I was writing it, it, I made myself laugh. Like, and that's to me, the goal as a writer, as you know, I mean, the goal as a writer, if you make yourself laugh, you're going to make a reader laugh. If you make yourself cry, you're going to make a reader cry. So I hope. Yeah. Well, I did both in this book for sure. I really enjoyed it. And it was so, like I said, it was so true. It just felt very honest. So let's go back to the beginning. How did you come up? How did you stumble upon roadkill? I know we had talked about in our previous conversation, the article about the pythons, Burmese pythons, but how did you, how did you get to that? Like, what was, did you drive by something and think, ah, I I know. You know what? 
Okay. So I had this book, I started writing this book in 2013. So it really? literally, I had the first, I think it's three or four chapters Okay, in 2013. So almost a decade ago, which wow. is wild to think about, but I never knew where the story went. I knew it had something to do with his parents. I originally thought that it was a story like his dad had maybe passed away or his mm. dad had been in a really kind of horrific car accident of some sort. But that almost felt too on the nose, really, okay. for the story. And it really, honestly, it wasn't the story that I thought Jack needed. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to have a lot of growth and I, I because of the idea of endings and beginnings and cycles. Yes. And I felt like that was almost too much of a, of a difficult cycle, really, for any of us to break out of. I mean, yes. grief in that sense is really, it's not a cycle that you ever break out of. Mm-hmm. Grief in that sense is something that you just deal with regularly when it bubbles up. Yes. So that wasn't the story that I felt like this, that I wanted to tell. So I put it on the shelf for years, really. And after I wrote the three dog books, which were Daisy, Zeus, and Luna, mm-hmm. I my editor said, you know, let's, let's, what do you have, you know, kind of in the works for book number four? And I pitched a fourth dog book to him that I still, I really like this idea, but he was kind of like, well, maybe let's take a different path. You know, we have these three books, they fit really well together. Let's look at something different. And so I I had never even shown this partial to my agent. He didn't even know that this little snippet existed. So I dusted it off and I looked at it a little closer and I thought, this is kind of divorced. This is really, and so that's amazing, right? Like writing sometimes that only reveals itself after you put it away and think about it and let it, I like roadkill, let it germinate on its own. Um, (laughs) It needs to leak out and uh, leach into the soil. Yes, Yes. exactly. And then new things grow. Um, (laughs) Perfect. Wow. The analogies really are flying here. This is amazing. I know, right? (laughs) That's that's the beautiful thing about roadkill. (laughs) There's many beautiful things about roadkill when you ask a roadkill researcher. But one of them is that it really is the cycle of life. The circle of life. Should I start singing Lion King now or do I wait? I mean, let's save it. We'll put it in the background. I think so. Because no one wants to hear my singing. (laughs) (laughs) But it really was. It was was one of those things that once I dusted it off, I'm like, oh, okay, I see where this story could go now. Yeah. And I sent it to my agent and I pitched it as... Ted Lasso meets Wednesday Adams and the the main character. um, And he just was like, this is so vastly different from anything you've ever sent me, but let's try it. That's (laughs) amazing. Luckily my agent really, I mean, my editor really enjoyed it. So yeah. And he, his vision for storytelling is phenomenal. Ben Rosenthal at Catherine Teagan books. He just has this, really unique way of looking at a story and figuring out what threads to pull to Mm. make it that much better. So yeah, it it was really, I I was really uh, blessed, very lucky to work with him on this particular story for sure. I'm so glad that is, I, I find that story both encouraging and annoying because, uh, <laughs> so it'll uh, be done in a decade. Yeah, when you tell on. me, yeah, cause that's exactly what I'm thinking about. It's like, oh, okay. So I've got four chapters, let's say of what I'm working on. So, so in 2033, yeah. I'll be publishing it. 
great. That's like, that's no. like tomorrow in publishing world. <laughs> well, exactly. It's so true. And in life, it feels like these days, yeah. right? I'm yes, like, what happened right? to time? But no, I, I really do appreciate hearing that though, because you're right. There are certain stories that have to be told at a certain point in your life and a yeah. certain point in your career. And yeah. it sounds like you maybe needed Ben for that one. And so yes. it's kind of an interesting intersection of just all the right conditions coming together to create what the book is meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to describe that. Can you write my, <laughs> some, some my, my speech for uh, yes. my launch party? That's yes, coming I will. I'm yes, going to, I'll start working on it today. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> it's just all, all part of the service here at Ask a Librarian. Thank you. That's wonderful. <laughs> I appreciate that, Julie. <laughs> I also liked, there were so many things that I laughed at. I life, I laughed at the adults do not trust that the tech will pick up their voices, that they're always shouting. Right. The kids are always telling me that when I'm on Bluetooth in the car, apparently I'm shouting because every time they get in, they're like, I can't with you. Yes. Stop yelling. Well, I mean, right when we first started, before we started recording, I'm like, hello, can you hear me? <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> the loud talking. It's just, you can't help it. So there were so many little honest things. And I, I really liked also that this book is about endings and it's about divorce and the the real loss that happens around that, even when it can be necessary and, and helpful and the right choice, that it can still be really tricky to navigate. Yeah. So you really held that well. But I also really was moved by Jack's, you know, his feelings around death and the classmates who are uncomfortable and so kind of tease him. I mean, these things, it's just complicated. But I remember at that age, personally, I remember thinking about death a lot. Yeah, I did too. Okay. So I wasn't alone in that. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, when you're that age, I mean, you know, middle school, it's such a, it's such an interesting time of dynamics. It's so tough, but it's also beautiful. There's so many beautiful things in middle school. And I think a lot of adults forget the beauty a lot. Yes. But yeah, I think middle school is the first time that you're really starting to get a glimpse of adulthood. And maybe that's why, maybe that's Mm -hmm. why we're kind of, you know, at that age going, well, I don't know what comes next after adulthood. Like, (laughs) yes. Yeah. 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 You're right. I do. And I have really come to love middle school. It's actually a really fun time. I mean, kids are just, they're at a age. Yes. Honest and fun and funny, funny and sarcastic mm-hmm. and smart. I just, yeah. Yeah. I love they middle are. school. Yeah. Yeah. They're at a, they are. They're at a really fun, interesting age. And I remember, of course, all of the awkwardness of it. Of course we do. But uh. you're right. We we remember that. I read something recently that was talking about how memories that are tied to embarrassment are more accessible to us. Ah, and that those this are more, explains so much. Doesn't it? I just was thinking about that and I was like, no wonder everybody hated middle school because how many times are you embarrassed during that time? But that's that's what we're collecting are those memories. I'll have to find <laughs> it and send it to you because it really stayed with me because it's very true. I mean, you call that it a memory. mind blowing. I know. I know science, man. It's amazing. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 That's really amazing. Good. Well, at, in my, in middle school, I had my mother as a teacher for two years. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. I bet yeah. that was super fun. 
It was really <laughs> difficult water to navigate. And as a kid, it was. But now that I'm a mother, and I, I don't know how she did it. I, I would, it, you know, I mean, it, it was a very interesting line. And we did that for two years, eighth and ninth grade. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Did you ever talk about that after, like now that you're an adult? Is that get, something you'd no, ever go no, back? No, we didn't. And my mother, unfortunately, is no longer with Cast. us. But yeah, we never we never had the chance to talk about that. I wish hmm. I had, now that you say that. I wish I had the chance to be like, what was it like having me in your classroom? She probably I, would have been like, not great. <laughs> it wasn't great for me either, sweetie. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You know what, though? I think you can. I'm sure there's so much you can intuit yeah. even without that conversation because I know that at least for me, I don't want to be an awkward, cool mom, but I also don't want to be Debbie Downer mom. So finding that balance, trying to figure it out, it's such a game of trying and failing. Yeah. And so yes. I can imagine that felt, you know, for you, it was probably more of that cringy, like feeling, yes. right? Because that's <laughs> yeah. your well, and side luckily, of it. Luckily, a lot of my friends were in that class with me as well. Okay. And she was a very popular teacher. She was an excellent teacher. Oh, she, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people have come up to me in adulthood and said, your mom was my favorite teacher. Oh. I know. It's amazing. It's amazing. But so that really helped. The fact yeah. that she was a very popular teacher that all of my friends really loved having her as a yes. teacher smoothed that road quite a Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I'm just thinking that would have been such a trial and error kind of thing, yeah. right? With, yeah. For her too. Oh, yeah. what a oh, gift yeah. though. That's what yeah, a legacy it was. It was amazing. Her. Yeah. That's, that's really special. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry that she's not here anymore. Yeah. To, to hear the shout out for her being an excellent teacher. Yeah. I think she was a teacher. I want to say like 35 years and she was middle school. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, it does take special people to teach middle school because it they does. are super fun and super annoying. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's just, yeah. you know, but I would like to say that I'm the same way, <laughs> even as an adult. You know, you know. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I really liked some of the lines I wanted to talk to you about. The one that I think you did really well in this book too, you talked about, you can't heal silent sadness. Ah. When you brought that up about- I'm glad I wrote that. That's interesting. <laughs> I feel really good about that. No, I think that was a really beautiful sentiment, but Jack really struggles to express what he needs to express. So how yeah. was, did that portion of 
the book and of what was happening, was that always in your mind or was that something that developed as you saw, as you were writing, like he couldn't express things like that? How, how did that that was definitely place. a later on sentiment okay. as well. And so, yes, I must have I must have done a pretty good job on this second and third drafts of this book <laughs> because that's where the big F and silence kind of comes back into play for sure. Darn those revisions. Um, well, book, yeah, right. Books like these, I feel like uh, because they are books of the heart, I think they do need a very deep revision. Yes. I think that they really do need a a lot of stewing on mm-hmm. the in the pot of you know again what is this book about what would this character do in this situation what is he really struggling with and silence it really was silence for him he was he was doing something that like i said it was making his family happy and it was smoothing things over for everyone involved Yes. But he hated it. (laughs) So yeah, is it really worth it? And so that silence uh, for him, plus, I mean, he never really got to have any conversations with his parents about the separation, this divorce, they were talking around him. Yes. To him. And so, yeah, I think that idea of just communication, it all goes back to communication for me, Julie. Yes. Like, like, let's just talk about it. Let's just talk about it. How frustrating is it? We can clear up 90% of what's troubling us. And the other 10% just requires the elbow grease after the, that. So yeah, it's so true. There's nothing more frustrating for me in books when I read, and I know that that's part of the tension, but when characters don't just say what they need to say or say what they mean. I just am like, oh, come on. Oh, that's my it. husband's worst nightmare when he watches like sitcoms. He's like, just tell them, just tell them. Just They're tell the them. ghosts. Just tell them. <laughs> <laughs> just say it. It's so true. Communication. Yeah. yeah. I really liked also you wrote, and we'll see what version this line came yes, in. Yes, right. Uh, this is a fun game. It's too easy to plow right through our lives and not see things for what they are. Oh, um, that sounds like a first draft for me. I'm not 100% positive when that came, okay. but that's, yeah. I, yeah. I really liked this too, because I identified it with, with it, even in my season of life, because yeah. I think that there's so much that we do to keep other people happy Yeah, and pushing aside our own needs at times. And there's, it, it has to come out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, community is a beautiful, necessary, wonderful, organic (laughs) thing that we cannot live without. But it also comes with a price, (laughs) as does everything. And that price is is balancing self versus, you know, group, individual versus group. And yeah, I I think it becomes very easy to get very busy and to fill up your calendar and to even scroll through social media and ignore mm-hmm. what it is that's bothering you just looking at other people and seeing what they're doing in the world today. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, and yeah, I think today in this era, we have more ways to distract ourselves and make ourselves busy and let ourselves ignore what we really should be addressing. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Do I say that like I know what I'm talking about? Because I feel like it's... <laughs> yeah, you sure do. That was impressive. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. No, you're exactly right, though. We do. We live in an age where distraction is the 
the illness that we all suffer from constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And it is very easy to, when things are hard yeah. and we don't necessarily have all the words we need to express it, to just distract ourselves and kind of numb out. Yes. And I think that that makes total sense. This is such a deep book. Like, I can't wait to reread it. I have a fifth grade book club with at our school. And so I have, we do rounds of books. So our first one, obviously yours in and out yet, but I'm going to read this one with one of my groups of fifth graders. And I can't wait because it's so cool to see what they draw out of it too. And I'll be really interested to see what they, what they get and what things stand out to them. Cause I think, but I think they're going to love it. Oh, please share with me what they think. Yeah. 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 We'll have a, we can have a meeting with the author. I know her. I would love that. Would love you that. can come to book club. They would love that yes. too. It's really I'll just it's zoom fun. right in and wave. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love that. I do that a lot. Actually, I do a lot of book clubs and school virtual school visits and that kind yeah. of stuff. So, yeah, count me in. Okay, done. I mean, we're just booking. We're you're never going to get rid of me. Is the bottom line. <laughs> Repeat yeah. guest on Ask a Librarian. I mean, hey. look, it's yeah. a mantle that has some burden to it, and I'm sorry, right. but okay. that's just I'm willing. I'm willing to take on the responsibility of being a two feet. <laughs> <laughs> two feet. Do you want to tell me what you're working on now? Let's see. I just today, this morning, got back notes for the next book that I am doing with my wonderful editor uh, Ben at Catherine Teagan Books. It's called Foul Play. And it is the story of a young girl, Chloe, who, yes. So in case, for those of you who are keeping track, my son is Jack. I really do have a son named Jack, and that is the decomposition of Jack. And I really do have a daughter named Chloe, who is the star of Foul Play. When you ask, where do you come up with names? I apparently give birth (laughs) and then use those names. You don't have to look too far in your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Chloe inherits a parrot, an African gray parrot from her uncle. And the parrot starts kind of spewing all of these terms that are very questionable. Things like call the police and homicide and cyanide. And so Chloe gets it in her head that her uncle was actually murdered instead of dying of natural causes. Okay. So she and this parrot go on all these adventures to try to find out who done it. So that she is trying to figure out what happened exactly to her uncle Will. <laughs> I can't wait. And who in your life is named Will? <laughs> no, no one is Will. Do I have a Will? I don't think I have a Will. Okay. okay. Uh, but the mom in the book is Teresa, which is my mother-in-law. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And all of Chloe's friends in the book are actually names of Chloe's friends from high school. So gosh, I love that actually. Yeah. That one sounds great. So you just got notes back on that. So do you have an idea of when that one will be? That one is supposed to come out 2024. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So So slightly tighter timeline on this one than for Jack. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one is, yeah, since it's a murder mystery, or is it? Or is it? Right. Okay. Good question. Right. <laughs> and it's got, you know, it's got that twisty plot. This one, I always, I'm very proud of these pitches that I have come up for these last two books because yeah. for the first part of my career, I could never come up with a pitch for a book. But this one I call Nancy Drew Meets Knives Out. 
That's so, perfect. I you really, are really good at the pitches for these. I'm impressed. Just for the last two books, though. Well, I mean, <laughs> you're just growing and learning. Right? I'm growing and learning. It only took 12 books to be able to finally just be able to develop that skill set. story it is mm-hmm. that I'm trying to tell. Yes. Got to yeah. pin it down. Well, I love that. And I really, I love sharing your story with not only my listeners, but also my kids at school, because I think that you have had so many different paths to each of your books. Yeah, You know, you think even with Story Collector and Story Seeker, there was that sort of serendipity. And then you have this one that's taken so long to hibernate, you know, and things like that. I just think it's so Hibernate's a great word to use for a roadkill book, by the way. (laughs) That is, right. Yes. Yeah. It's, it was hibernating in your desk and then yes. it came out yes. and had to dodge some cars. Yes. So it's done really the well. Yeah. Watch out. I think, but it's really cool to see. And I can't wait for this book. I will be definitely recommending it to everyone I know. And it'll make a great holiday gift too. Because uh-huh. I think even if you have a kid who's not necessarily having experience with what Jack is. I mean, not many have parents who are roadkill researchers, but I love the bigger themes of this book because I think that endings and beginnings are something that are just, we're all forever trying to get our minds around how we navigate this well. Every, Mm -hmm. yes, every, every ending is a beginning is definitely the idea that I was hoping to get across. And I'm so glad that we were able to discuss that. Thank you. I love it. Well, let's close this officially. Do you have a question for me today? I forgot to tell you, you might want to bring one. So if you don't, that's okay too. (laughs) Well, what are you working on writing wise, Julie? Because I love, so one of the things that I really love to do is geek out about writing Mm -hmm. anytime. I don't, I mean, if you are a, five-year-old writer, or if you are an 85-year-old writer, I love talking about writing. So yeah, what are you working on? Well, I am working on, so I'm revising my memoir and I never knew that writing required so much revision. Like you said, second draft, third draft, 85th draft. And so I'm working on that, but I'm feeling good about where we are with it. So that's exciting. And then I'm also starting to work on a novel. So it's, yeah. So that's really exciting and also very strange for me because I don't know how to write a novel. So I'm just sort of going for it. And it's, I mean, I don't know how to write a memoir. And so it's a very different art form. I mean, just remember with the novel, you can make that up. It's amazing. I feel sort of a little There's bit a freedom power there. drunk about the whole yeah. thing. Yes. I'm like, I can make these people do anything. Like, yeah. it's so that it's true. Not having to have fealty to something that happened is yeah. pretty amazing. And especially since I tend to be a little more rigid with things, you know, I'm like, <laughs> well, that isn't the way it happened or that wasn't. So I'm not you know, especially with the memoir, I don't want to massage anything too much, a la yes. million little pieces. And then now, I mean, obviously I won't go that far, but I think the novel side really is cool. You can make that up. You can make that up. I'm yep. just going to write that down. And it's so true. You can write your way out of so many problems because yes. you just sort of go into it. But I have no doubt that when I eventually show this to someone who does write novels, 
they are going to tell me all the ways that it's wrong. And that is actually really freeing. I feel like for me I, as a person I who's- I see that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't think they will, but <laughs> I will say there is something about having, having it on paper and then being able to work from yes. that yes. is so much more- <laughs> I'm looking for. It, there's, a, it's so much easier to have something that you can take and move around and reconfigure and that kind of thing. Except instead of pulling it out of the ether. Yes, yeah. it's so true. And I think too. Then you know, one of my previous guests said that a perfectly built staircase that goes nowhere is useless. And so this idea that you can work and rework and rework the beginning of something, but even if there's nothing to answer it, then it's not helpful. So I think that's a good reminder for me because it just reminds me to keep going and not think too much about it because you're exactly, you can see all that later. And then also too, because I know so little, I don't know what dumb mistakes I'm making. So that's nice too. Oh my gosh. Ignorance is blessed right now. (laughs) Right. I just read an interview. Who was that? That that it was a director. Oh, the director of Citizen Kane. Who's that uh, wonderful oh, famous? Okay. You know, just that he one. said this, he said the same thing. He said he was so successful because he didn't know what he was doing. And the ignorance was his driving force. I'm like, well, <laughs> then I got this made. <laughs> Thank you, kind sir. Nailed I know, it. right? I can't think of his name right now. And I, I know whoever's listening, listeners out there are shouting his name. because they're <laughs> I know it. Yes. No, I, I apologize. I don't know it either. So they can be disappointed in both of us. Yes. <laughs> Not, only, not think of what it, what it is not a state of Kentucky, but I can't think of who directed Citizen King. So I'm thinking it's not territory. That's Puerto Rico. I no, I don't want to. You know province? what? I'm, is it province? No, that's <laughs> this is great. This is all staying in. I can't wait. This is going to be great. We're going to look it up later, yeah. and then I'm going to go. Oh man, I knew it. Yeah. So it's good. This yeah. feels like Jeopardy. Oh, I got it. I know what it is. Should I say it or do I? <laughs> Say it. It's a commonwealth. The commonwealth of Kentucky. But now that I'm saying it, I don't think that's Louisiana. I was way off. Well, I (laughs) clearly I didn't know. (laughs) This is this is the most educated podcast I've done to date. I'm so excited. I love it. (laughs) Guys, we can't be good at everything. We like to write and make things up. And we just And I'm not I I I don't think I'm making up commonwealth. No, you're not. I meant make up for fiction. And no, so, I know. you know, maybe it's cooked our brains. I don't, I don't know. It definitely. Yeah. 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 Well, Kristen, thank you so much. I am so excited for Jack. I can't wait for the world to meet him too. Oh, gosh, thank and you. I think he's going to soar. I think oh. it's a really special book. And I know I want to mention too, it's a junior library guild pick It is, and they are quite selective about their books. And so that is a huge compliment to you. And I can't wait for everybody to get it in their junior library guild boxes. Thank you. Yeah. And I I have to give a shout out to educators too. Just, they are amazing in the ways that they think of how to draw in students. And I did see, I got a review of this book recently that a teacher has recommended her biology, uh, her co a teacher in her group to teach this in her biology class. So those kinds of things to me, are just fascinating. And I salute teachers and librarians and educators who make those connections and 
and see them through. I just think that's amazing. I, I, I it's, it's thrilling to, to watch that kind of thing. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm going to put this in the hands of our science teacher. That's an excellent idea because you really did a lot of research and the science in it is you really broke it down in a way that's accessible and, and also demystifying. And you took, I mean, we joked about the gross facts, but you took the grossness out of it because it's just life. It's science. Yes. Yeah. It's so, life and science. Yeah. I have to real wait. quick with your, if this Please. is okay, I would love to, because speaking of the science portion yes. of it, I want to give a shout out to my friend, Heather Montgomery. Yes. Heather wrote a book called Something Rotten, A Fresh Look at Roadkill. Okay. And her book is nonfiction. Okay. And it is, it is middle grade. It's definitely like upper elementary, middle school uh, nonfiction. And it is fascinating. So it is, it is definitely something that I would pair Jack with 100%. With so. okay. And I interviewed her extensively writing this book. So yeah. I bet. Did she say lose my number at a certain yes. point? Please stop calling me. Yeah, right. <laughs> she probably, yeah, at this point, she's probably like, oh, it's a tub one again. Hey. It's Colonel Tub again. <laughs> it's Colonel Tub. I love it. You know what? That's a perfect uh, recommendation, though. I will look that one up, Something Rotten, because yeah. we have a book called Bugged in the library, yeah. and it's about bugs through history. And how Ooh. they changed history when you think about the plague and some of these others yeah. that bugs played a role. And so when you were writing about the bugs that are involved with the decomposition, I thought the same thing. Yeah. yeah all, all right. These things. Now I have a list too. I have yes. bugs and I have the you wouldn't want. Oh yeah, you wouldn't want to. Don't worry, I'm gonna I'm gonna hook you up. I've got a I've got a plan. Awesome. Well, Friend, thanks for the time. Thanks for being guest uh, again. And we will, I'm sure, talk soon. I mean, you might as well go for a three-peat. So we'll yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. talk about I'm foul in. play when it comes out. Fantastic. I'm in. All right. Thanks, friend. <laughs> Thank Have you. a good day. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Ask a Librarian. As always, it's my joy to share and learn with you. You can follow me on Instagram at Julie Writes Words, or you can go to my website, juliewritewords.com. There you'll find the show notes, including all the books mentioned in the episode. See you in the stacks next week. And until then, friends, never go anywhere without a book. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.